Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Idaho State Journal Sports Podcast. I'm Andrew Houghton. With me is Madison Guernsey. Uh, we are the sports department at the Idaho State Journal. And Madison, we have a lot to talk about this week. Yeah, and I think it's safe to say that the Idaho State Journal Sports Podcast is now the official name of this deal. I know we weren't going <laughs> to stick with that name, but we're on like episode eight, so I think it's uh, it's too late to change it at, at this point. We have not come up with anything <laughs> clever, so we might be stuck with the Idaho State Journal Sports Podcast. Very straightforward. Yeah. But anyway, Madison, this week we have uh, the college football season is getting into full swing here. We're starting Big Sky Conference play next week uh, for Idaho State. Uh, there were some other big college football games. Uh, the prep football season is sort of starting to get into conference play a little bit off and on. Uh, so I, th- I think we've got a lot of stuff to talk about. What did what do we want to start with here? Yeah, I think we have to lead with uh, Idaho State's football game Saturday at Northern Iowa, a thirteen to six Northern Iowa victory. Andrew, you you watched that game pretty pretty closely throughout the day. Any uh, Thoughts or observations on that one to start us off? Yeah, I mean, obviously it's a tough, tough loss for Idaho State. They were up 6-3 going into the to the fourth quarter. Um, there's a lot of positives that you can take away from that, and the defense played well. We'll talk more about that later. Um, the offense didn't get anything going, which we can talk more about that later as well. I think that... Just in general, to go into a place like that, you know, Cedar Falls, the the Unidome is a really tough place to play. To go in there and, you know, they battled, they battled, they battled, and it just, it wasn't for a lack of effort, it wasn't for being, you know, scared of the moment, wasn't for being intimidated by the crowd, they just couldn't get anything going on offense because the offense might not be good, and, you know. Uh, but I think overall it's it's generally... Encouraging. They've got they host Portland State this week, uh, Big Sky Conference opener, uh, first home game in a couple weeks. So we'll see how that goes. I think that's kind of an interesting matchup. Um, we can talk more about that later too. But Portland State does some things that you know might cause Idaho State some trouble. I mean, they played a forty-eight forty-five shootout last year. Um, Idaho State won. They played a shootout the year before that too. I think it was like fifty-three to thirty-eight or something. Hmm. Um, Idaho State won, so Idaho State's got a two-game, two uh, two-game winning streak in that series. But you know, Portland State plays them close, and I think does a lot of things that could give them trouble. So we'll have lots more on that throughout the week leading up to Saturday's home game at Holt Arena. I believe that's a three o'clock start time. I believe three o five. Three o five on the dot. Uh, Andrew, we're gonna do something new. Me and, or sorry, Andrew and I are gonna do something new on the podcast. We're gonna play a little buy or sell with this year's ISU football team yeah we um they are four games in now uh three, three games, games in. in three games in sorry <laughs> four weeks but three games yeah three weeks in um you know rob fantasy was saying all week leading up to the northern iowa game you know this is when we really start to find things out about our team so this is really you know this is the time when madison and i can start having opinions about the team we can start looking at the stats and say you know, this stat might mean something, or this stat, you know, we want to see a little bit more of it. Um, you know, they've got four quarters against a team on their level into the books, so this is really the first week when we can sort of start, you know, making some conclusions, having some opinions, um, so we wanted to to play a little by ourselves. If you've seen around the horn, you know, you're familiar with this, uh, 
tell me where, you know, make a statement, tell me whether you're buying or you're selling it, defend your position. Madison, I want to start off with, buy or sell, is Idaho State football more of a playoff caliber team, in your opinion, after this week than they were before this Northern Iowa game? And, you know, I think that, little caveat here, I, I think that both of us don't really think they are going to make the playoffs because their schedule is just brutal. Uh, but are are they are they more of that caliber of team? Uh, I have to buy that just based on how well their defense played. Um, historically and certainly in in recent history, defense has not been a strong suit for Idaho State. Um, so the fact that they have a good defense and they they hung with the number ninth ranked team in the FCS on the road, lost by seven points. That's that's really good. Um, and so that. I think that changes my view a little bit of ISU from what it was after the Utah game. So I I buy that. For sure. Uh, that's the easy answer. I, I think I'm going to sell this one. I think that, you know, you make a lot of good points. They played really well on the road against a, a top 10 team. They nearly came away with it. But the thing for me is just their offense was going nowhere. And I think we've had three games of, of evidence now that their offense is really struggling this year. You know, they weren't great against Western Colorado, although they ended up putting putting up 38 points in that game. They got shut out against Utah, and, you know, they didn't score for the last, oh, you know, 43 minutes of the game. On Saturday, and when they needed to, they couldn't put a drive together. You know, it was turnovers. It was just, you know, missed throws. They couldn't get the running game going at all in the second half. Yeah, and that's what made it a hard answer for me is because um, you're right. They really have struggled offensively, but I didn't – I guess I didn't – I wasn't sure on their defense yet. And now it's like – now you – you know, it's it's kind of hard to doubt that defense. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I, I just think that – you know, I think they they showed a lot, but if that offense is bad as is as bad as it's looked. You know, throughout the first part of the year, they're nowhere close to a, to a playoff caliber team. You know, so I just yeah. you know, and I'm I'm taking partially the devil's advocate point here, um, right? But I just I just think that if your if your offense is playing like that, you're not going to win a lot of games. Yeah, holding a top ten team to thirteen points is very good. Only scoring six yourself, not very good. So kind of a uh, some some good and bad stuff to take away from that game there. Yeah, no, that that defensive performance was uh, one of the most surprising things that I think I've seen from this team this year. Uh, fewest points that Idaho State has given up against a Division One team since 2014, I believe, uh, when they did it twice. I think they held Portland State and Northern Colorado to 13 points or fewer. Leads us into our next one here, Madison. By yourself, this Idaho State defense is the best Idaho State defense in at least the last five years. By that with, uh, yeah, by that for sure. Um, I mean, just quickly looking at their stats, I mean, they're 22nd in the FCS in total defense, and they're in the top 40 in everything else, in pass defense, rush defense, scoring defense. Their pass rush has gotten better. They average two sacks per game, which is a lot more than they averaged per game last year when they had 17 sacks in 11 games. Um, and, yeah, and they they did it against um, a tough opponent. They went on the road, as we mentioned, to a top-10 team, and they held that team to 13 points. Their only touchdown Northern Iowa scored, I believe, was in that was in the fourth quarter. Um, and at that point, ISU's defense has, had been 
on the field for a long time, and it was probably and was pro- bound to probably give up uh, some points at that point. But yes, certainly um, s- stats wise, the best best defense I I've had in a while. Yeah, I I buy this too. That was a really impressive performance from their defense. Not just the you know the plain stats, you know, holding Northern Iowa twelve first downs and thirteen mm-hmm. points, and you know you got to mention that. Six of those points, everything, the touchdown drive was a pretty sustained drive, but the two field goals were after interceptions that gave Northern Iowa a really short field both times. Right. I mean, yeah. um, and you know, they were already in field goal territory when they got the ball off the interceptions. So, I mean, what are you going to do there? I mean, now there's, there's the caveat here Northern Iowa's offense is not as good as the top tier offenses in the big sky. It's yeah. not, probably not even as good as some, sort of, you know, some of the, the mid-tier offenses in the big sky, you know. Um, Missouri Valley team, they pride themselves on defense. They pride themselves on running the ball, stuff like that. They're not as explosive as a lot of these big sky teams. It was really impressive from the Idaho State defense. And if you look at it, the stats are just pretty gruesome for Idaho State. I mean, Idaho State hasn't had a good defense in a decade. The last time they gave up under, the last time they held opponents to under 450 yards a game was in the 2010 season, which is... (laughs) Before either of us was here, certainly. I mean, one of those years they gave up 570 yards a game. It's just oh. mind-boggling, mind-boggling stats. So I think if they're a step ahead of that, then, then yeah, it is you know one of the best defenses in, in the last decade for Idaho State. And what's interesting here is we, we talked about this a little bit in the, in the first question, sort of really changes the, the outlook for this team because that's not something that anybody was expecting coming into the year. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, I I think we all expected the offense to be really good and the defense to be better than it was last year, but not certainly not the identity of this team. And I want to mention just a couple more things on defense. One one red flag in one area that ICU's defense needs to improve, and I think Cody Graves mentioned this uh, in your post game story. They've only gained two turnovers in in three games this season. Um, that they need to get more takeaways if they're going to kind of sustain this success, I think. And what's interesting about that is uh, last year, their defense got off to a really good start, played well against North Dakota, played well down the stretch against Idaho and uh, Montana State, had some really impressive games. But even in games against Northern Arizona, they allowed 42 points. They forced like four or five um turnovers in that game so last year they were giving up a lot of yards and points but they were getting the ball back this year they're not but they're not giving up as many yards or points so that's sort of interesting right and you know the thing with the turnovers obviously everybody on the defense is, is aware of it um that i mean in that game might have been different on on saturday if they'd come up with a big interception um everybody on the defense is aware of it i know cody said it um after the game kainoa fuyava said it in the press conference today mm. Um, yeah, I mean, there's sometimes turnovers are just a little bit of a function of luck, you know. The guy puts the ball on the ground, you got to get lucky to pick it up, you know. Yeah. For you know, you can force quarterbacks into mistakes, but sometimes it's just luck and being in the right place at the right time. And so, uh, you know, I think I'm not quite as worried about that. I I just think, you know, what I what I like that I'm seeing from them is they're stopping the run. I mean, they. Mm. Northern Iowa wants to run the ball on first and second down and get ahead of the sticks that way, and they just weren't able to. They were running into a wall at the line of scrimmage for the entire 
first three quarters, basically. Um, so yeah, um, that's definitely definitely something to keep an eye on because it's something that they haven't had at Idaho State for right. a long time, and yeah. it's something that could potentially change the ceiling of this team. Now, here's the thing that you know might lower the ceiling of this team a little bit. Madison, are you are you buying? Well, are you buying any of these Idaho State quarterbacks? Not yet, no. Um, I'm not. You know, when you look at the raw numbers, Matt struck 26 of 47, 430 yards, four touchdowns, one interception. That's pretty good. Gunnar Amos, 20 of 43, 186 yards, no touchdowns, four picks, had a hard, didn't have a very good game last week against Northern Iowa. He's, you know, he's clearly going to be the backup once Matt struck is back from his ailment. Um, but going back to Matt Strzok, yes, four, 430 yards, four touchdowns, one pick. But he does 26 out of 47 is not great. And in that in in the season opener against a D2 team, I mean, he didn't blow me away. He was not super accurate. He, he, he missed on a lot of throws. Um, and, I, and I haven't seen him play really against a Division I team yet. He, played, he threw six passes against Utah, so that's not a big enough – Sample size to really make any judgment there. So I'm I'm selling both of these guys right now. But um, what you know, they're back at home. They're against a Big Sky team this week. Maybe that'll change things. Yeah, I I agree with you on this one too. I can't buy any stock in either of these guys right now until one of them shows me that they can complete more than fifty percent of their passes. Yeah. you know, um, Strzok, We we've we've talked about this a lot. We talked about Struck after the the Western Colorado game. I mean. We should probably talk a little bit more about Gunner this week. Um, you know, they they've both just been inconsistent. Yeah. This is this is still the big question for Idaho State. I mean, I don't think you know Gunner Gunner Amos made some good throws. I think the the third interception um, that he threw this week certainly wasn't his fault. Um, you know, bounced off Mitch Guller. It wasn't a poorly thrown ball. Um, the first interception was was not a not a well thrown deep ball. But I thought um, again, Mitch Guller maybe could have done more to, to break up the play there. Um, the, the second interception was a really, really bad throw into a, a double-covered slant, and I, I told you this the other day. I mean, if he hadn't thrown it to the guy three feet behind the receiver trailing him through, he would have thrown it right into the chest of the, the linebacker sort of sitting in zone there. I just they, mm. And that killed their last best chance to, to sort of come back in the game, that throw. Um, you know, Gunner was under a lot of pressure a lot of the time. Um, he, he scrambled a couple times. I mean, he, he showed off his legs a couple times, but he was, he was really inconsistent, um, giving his Mitch Guller's best game of the year, which maybe that counts for something. Um, I know, you know, Mitch and Gunner have sort of been in the program for a little bit longer. Maybe they have a little bit better rapport. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I can't. I can't buy either of these guys, and that's sort of the problem for Idaho State. Yeah, and kind of just um, wrapping that up into a look at ISU's offense as a whole, and you mentioned earlier that they've struggled. Yeah, they're 107th out of like 124 FCS teams in total offense. Mitch Guller has seven catches in three games. I think four of those were last were in this last game on Saturday. Three three against Western Colorado and then four against Northern Iowa. Yeah, and this is a guy who's going to lead lead ISU in um, all-time receiving yards eventually, but right now only seven catches. ISU's not running the ball very well. Um, Soja Nasu's averaging 1.89 yards per carry. 
Ty Flanagan's averaging 3.49 yards per rush, so neither of them have really gotten going, and that so and that obviously doesn't help either quarterback, and the quarterback's not being able to throw doesn't help either running back get going. So it's all just sort of a mess, honestly. It's uh, just nothing really there, – there, no, there are no good things you can really highlight about ISU's offense right now. Right, and the to to wrap up with the quarterbacks, the one the one thing that I would maybe buy with the quarterbacks, you know, a really really long shot at really long odds, but the one thing that I would buy is maybe some maybe some playing time for the one of the freshmen at some mm. point. They've got um, two freshmen this year, uh, Sagan Gronauer and and Dane Cook, who um, both look the part, both tall, both you know. Big quarterback-looking guys, um, both threw the ball pretty well in in the fall. Um, you know, you I, I you hear that they like both of those guys, um, which is important. And if you know, if Matt Struck is uh, he was in concussion protocol last week, that's why he didn't play. Yeah. If he's sitting out for another week. One of those guys is going to be the backup, and this is an incredibly important game. If if Gunnar Amos is struggling again. Maybe they maybe they turn there. So it, at a low enough price, I would maybe buy some shares in the freshman. But that's how sure. kind of how desperate it's gotten for for Idaho State with that situation. Yeah, and you know, not that this is going to happen. But if ISU down the road is one and seven, you have to give one of those freshmen a shot, right? It it's sort of a lost season at that point. So you might as well get get your future some reps uh, right. at the position yeah right so yes Gunnar Gunner Ames is a senior this year Matt Struck is only a junior so he would be yeah. back next year so maybe right. there's value in uh letting him sort of play out the string but you know if they're really struggling down there I think you definitely see the freshman at least backing up Struck maybe and right sort of pushing Gunnar Ames out of the rotation because he'll be he'll be gone the next year and yeah you know I guess we'll see yeah it'll be interesting um it's you know I I was thinking on this earlier today and I remember that in the off season like during the winter ISU was trying to get former Montana quarterback Gresh Jensen oh, to transfer. Could have been. They were trying to get him to transfer into Idaho State, which sort of tells me like, hey, Rob Fennessy, Mike Ferreira, they were never really sold on Matt Struck or Gunnar Amos, and they were trying to improve uh, that position. I don't think you go after. Gresh Jensen, if you're not going to start him, and obviously maybe he would have gotten here and it and it wouldn't and it wouldn't have worked out. Who knows? I mean, but. he's he's not starting at Texas State. He ended mm-hmm. up following former Montana head coach Bob Stitt to Texas State, where Stitt is the offensive coordinator, and Gresh Jensen did not win the job down there. And that's not a that's not a great team at Texas State. So also FBS though, correct? Yes, correct. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know who knows what would have happened with that. I pers- I've seen Gresh Jensen play because I'm a I'm a, I'm a Montana guy. I mean he was the Big Sky freshman of the year. Yeah, his freshman year. I I like Gresh Jensen a lot, and I think probably he's another level higher than both of those guys. So it's just you know what could have been. Yeah, and now we'll never know probably, but that's how it goes. Uh, do, do we have any more any more buys or sells, or should we get to kind of what happened in the rest of the Big Sky o- over the weekend? Yeah, let's do some let's do some Big Sky talk. I mean we could we could buy or sell these guys or we could just talk about them yeah let's uh i mean let's just kind of give a quick rundown and a couple thoughts on big sky action over the weekend the big one the big shocker was idaho beating eastern washington 35 28 sorry 35 27 in moscow uh eastern was ranked i believe 11th at the time um eastern was a national runner-up last season idaho was not very good last season we we all sort of thought Idaho was going to be bad again, but uh, that one just kind of 
flipped everything on its head. What did you, what do you kind of make of that, that situation? Well, once I got over just the, the shock of, of seeing that result and Idaho state went up at least 21, nothing, right? Or 28, nothing. Idaho did. Yeah. Idaho. Yeah. yeah sorry. Um, just absolutely punishing Eastern Washington with the the run game and and Eric Barrier, Eastern's quarterback, made a couple mistakes early, and they just ground on them and and wore them down. And you know Eastern tried to come back at the end and sort of did make it close late right. in the game, but it it was not a fluky win for Idaho. Idaho was just able to run the ball all over Eastern Washington. Two good weeks in a row for Idaho after yeah. they uh, hung tight with uh, with FBS team Wyoming mm-hmm. and then getting this win. I think it says more about Eastern Washington though. Mm. Uh, but but what do you think? Uh, well, I haven't. I mean, I haven't watched either team really to fully know. I, I think Eastern Washington's still probably a good team, right? They led Jacksonville State big on the road, sure, and eventually lost because they fell apart in the fourth quarter. Uh, just by looking at the scores of their games and their stats, they don't have a good defense. <laughs> uh, and last year, I think they did have a pretty strong defense, which sort of got lost in all the talk of their, you know, dynamic, high-flying offensive attack. But, uh, yeah, they don't have a defense. I don't know what's what's going on with the other side of the ball, but uh, certainly it, Eastern needs to go, like, what, 7-1 and one over, the, over the rest of the year now to – make the playoffs which is crazy i mean they were the big sky preseason favorites uh now they're, they're fourth in the country yeah now they're one and three and uh on don't the ver- have a division one win no division one wins on the verge of missing out on the dance here so yeah so eastern washington uh gave up 21 unanswered in the fourth quarter to jacksonville state last week it was 28 nothing at halftime this week so that's a solid 49 nothing whipping Ooh. over over three quarters for one of the presumably uh presumptive best teams in the Big Sky Conference. And I in think, the FCS, yeah. Right. I think that defense, aside from being bad, is just kind of soft. Mm. I mean, I, Idaho was like, I can't really overstate how much that Idaho was able to run the ball on them. I mean, they had Mace Petrino ran for 60 yards on 10 carries. Like, Andre Carter, 75 yards, 14 carries. That's what they established early in the game. And then by the time they set that up, you know, they were able to, to sort of get Mace Petrino going a little bit. And that's something that Idaho wasn't able to do to anybody last year. Right. Um, yeah. Um, in the FCS uh, stats poll released today, Eastern Washington still in the rankings. Fell 10 spots to number 21, still ahead of Idaho, which was in the others receiving votes section. Yeah. Right call for you, or would you have the Vandals ahead of, uh, ahead of Eastern right now? Well, see, yeah, that's... <laughs> that's a that's a really hard question and really good question because if you're doing these polls based on just head to head then yes Idaho has to be ahead of Eastern but that's I don't know if that's how this poll works I think it's probably like hey what do I think Eastern's better than Idaho even though Idaho just beat them I I do think they're better okay then they're higher in the poll uh, that's that's tricky I mean I I don't know if one win against a team head to head just automatically makes you supplant them in the rankings I mean if Duke beat Alabama tomorrow, they're not going to be ahead of Alabama in the rankings. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I I know that you thought Eastern was going to just fall out of the top 25 altogether. Um, I thought they might yeah. after a game like that, yeah. Yeah. So so are you, are you surprised at where they're at? Would you have them higher or lower out, out of the poll completely? No, I'm not. I'm not surprised at where they're at. I think Eastern has 
look, Eastern Washington has been one of the best FCS programs in the country for a, a decade yeah, now. Yeah. You know, I think they've earned. I think they've earned you know one more one more shot, one more chance to sort of keep their place in the polls. Yeah. Um, you know, it's you know I'm not sure that I would have had them there, but I I understand what people doing that were were thinking, and I mean I sort of I definitely understand you know making Idaho sort of prove it again until yeah. you jump them into the polls. I think what's sort of uh, what's sort of indisputable right now is that we've been talking about everybody in the Big Sky has been talking about. There's a big five. You know, there's five mm-hmm. real elite teams or teams that have a chance to be elite. And, you know, people were talking about that in preseason. People were talking about that after the first couple weeks. I don't think that's true anymore because I don't think Eastern's a member of that group anymore. Yeah, and so now that group is Weber State, UC Davis, Montana, Montana State. Uh, right, and, and I, I and, think and, Eastern's – sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, and maybe you have to rethink Idaho and, and maybe say there, you know, that's – that sixth or seventh or eighth team. I also think Sac State's really good. Um, I think they're a fringe that probably that you know maybe that fifth best team right now. But yeah, right. I mean, it's it's sort of interesting to to argue about what that fifth best team is. But yeah. I think what's what's indisputable is that you've got the top four, and then Eastern at this point is down in that next group, and it's yeah. a, it's a big group, and it's a, a bunch of teams that have shown a lot of quality. Idaho. Sac State, Northern Arizona, of course, mm-hmm. is, is probably still in that next next group. Yeah, uh, Eastern's in with them, in my opinion, right now. Yeah, uh, Idaho State, if this defense is for real, who knows? Could could vault themselves up into that group. Yeah, um, it's just kind of a, a whole mess right now. Um, how would you order the the top four teams right now? I would definitely go Weber State and UC Davis, and that's almost like a one A and one B. I, I I think. UC Davis is really good. I think they have a good defense. They hung with North Dakota State. I want to say that game was tied in the third quarter. I might be mistaken on that, but uh, it was. Yeah. I don't think it was tied, but Eastern was down or Davis. Sorry, Davis was down three or down four, I think, and and driving for the lead. And and Jake Mayer threw an interception and at his own, you know, at the goal line. Right. That's right. right. They're, yeah. they're going in for the for the go ahead touchdown and yeah, um, that kind of killed any chance of a comeback and and they like Idaho State they settled for for too many field goals yeah you know, they scored 16 points so three field goals only one touchdown won't get it done against the best team in the country it was a really impressive performance from them yeah so so those are my top two Weber State and UC Davis uh, I think Montana State third Montana fourth and then fifth is tough I'm gonna vouch for Sac State because I I kind of was halfway watching their game against Fresno, and that one was tied in the third or fourth quarter, I believe, and yes. eventually Fresno won by Two touchdowns. a couple touchdowns. Yeah, but uh, Sac State hung around, and they've done that a few times against FBS teams this year, I want to say. Yep, they yeah. uh, they also lost uh, 19-7 to Arizona State earlier right. in the year. That was and, their other FBS game. And Arizona State was ranked last time, week. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's really interesting. Fifth team for me... I, I do like Sac State. Uh, 15 for me, well, might be Northern Arizona mm-hmm. because of Case, Case Cookis. Might still be Eastern Washington because if you're you're putting Northern Arizona up there, you got to, I mean, Eric Berry is just as good sure. as, as Cookis. Um, but it's still it's still sort of a jumble, and it was a really interesting week for the Big Sky with, you know, they, they lost all five games they played against Missouri Valley teams. Yeah. But... I think that in those losses, Davis Davis overperformed or kind of 
performed better than expectations against North Dakota State. Yeah. Idaho State obviously performed better than expectations. Sure. Uh, Northern Arizona hung around for a while, kind of got in a little bit of a shootout with a ranked Illinois State team. Mm-hmm. Lost that game, but you know, over five in those games is obviously not what anybody in the conference wants. But there were some positives to take away. I think it's still kind of a big jumbly mess behind behind the top four right now. Sure. Yeah, and maybe this week some of that will get straightened out. I don't know who everybody plays, but. Um, yeah, let me look at this real quick. Once once the schedule kind of gets balanced out and Big Sky teams are playing against other Big Sky teams and you can kind of see, you know, okay, head-to-head matchups and, um, you know, transitive property, I beat so-and-so and so-and-so lost to this team, so therefore they're worse than us or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, and there, there's some good games this week. Um, I, I just looked that up. Uh, Northern Arizona at Montana State is kind of okay. a low-key good game. Uh, sure. We'll see if... Northern Arizona's for real. I think that's that's a really tough place to go and play, and Montana State's kind of riding a high right now. Uh, Northern I- Northern Iowa at Weber State. Mm. That's the big one. That's, that's a, a, that's a, a really top good 10 game. matchup. Yeah. Uh, that might be, I mean, after what we saw from Northern Iowa, what we've been seeing from, from Weber State all year, I mean, that game might finish 2 to nothing. You know? yeah. we, Weber State gets a, a safety yeah. on the first possession of the game and then just grinds them down and doesn't right. let them score. You know what I, I I joke, but Yeah. You know what I'm saying. Yeah. Very, uh, and then very well could be, yeah. The other one is Montana at UC Davis. Okay. So we got some really good games on the docket then. Yeah, it's that's uh, great. It's it looks like a fun week in the big sky. Hopefully we'll come out of that with a better idea of, you know, what some of these teams are. And what Idaho State is. If they if their offense gets better against a big sky team and at home uh, then, you know, maybe we can start thinking about that offense as having something to work with. But I think uh, if they struggle again, it's sort of um, appropriate to start panicking a little bit. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. if, if they lose this game, their season's going downhill. They basically yeah. won't. You know, I mean, we both think it'll be difficult for them to make the playoffs anyway. They lose this game; it'll be basically impossible for them to make the playoffs. Right. What do you play for when you know your season's dead four games in? Yeah, uh, we've kind of debated this game a little bit. I think Idaho State's a pretty clear favorite in this game, hmm. uh, given, of course, that they're at home. But I think Idaho State would probably be a favorite even on the, a neutral field. Hmm. Um, Portland State's got a lot of talent, but they also have a lot of issues. That's a team that's been super up and down. Like yeah. I said, they've got a two-game winning streak against Portland State, but um, you know I would have Idaho State by a touchdown, maybe by a little bit more. But you thought kind of differently. Well, yeah, and I, I don't, you know, I don't know much about the PSU Vikings. Um, I I do know that they they hung with Arkansas, and maybe Arkansas is a bad SEC team, but they're still in the SEC, um, and they hung with them. They had an early lead on Boise State, and I think it lost what forty-five to fourteen, which is 10. which is not bad. Uh, I think Boise State's ranked like fifteenth right now, so they're a pretty formidable team. Um, and then Portland State scored like seventy-seven points last week against an NAIA school, which Eastern Oregon, yep, doesn't mean anything. But yeah, no, yeah. Portland State's had a had a very Idaho State-ish schedule. Actually, they yeah. they had the two games against the FBS teams, two games against lower classification teams, and you know did basically what people expected from them in, in all of those games. Uh, so this is really the, you know, the prove-it game f- for them, too, playing, sure. playing their first FCS game of the year. Um, so we will we'll see what happens. I'll, of course, have 
preview stories. We'll look at that matchup a little bit more in depth um, on or in the Idaho State Journal all week on isj.com, um, stuff like that. Madison, anything else that you wanted to get to here? I mean, it's been a lot of college football. I know you, you went to the Black and Blue Bowl last week. Did you have anything on that? Um, no, I mean, it, over over recent history, that game usually goes just about how everyone expects it to go. I mean, Highland is just kind of miles ahead of of Pokey right now. Um, as a football program, they have more kids. They have more depth, more talent. Um, and so that, that game just, you know, it was, I don't even remember what the score was, 35 to nothing maybe. 34 nothing, something. The 34 yeah, nothing. Something like that. Pocatello didn't score and Highland scored a fair amount. Yeah, and I think for for Pokey the the main takeaway is that they, you know, they missed opportunities early. Um every time they crossed into Highland's section of the field, something bad happened and they, you know, they kind of blew their their scoring chances and then they just kind of got worn down uh late in the game and d- didn't even cross their own 11-yard line in the fourth quarter there, so um, but yeah, it should be another fun week. Coeur d'Alene is in town playing against Highland at Holt Arena. That's, of course, a rematch of the 2017 5A state championship game. Um, that's that's kind of been a, a good rivalry over the years to two of the kind of uh, elite 5A teams in Idaho. So that's that's kind of the, the big game of the week. Any other um, you know takeaways from last week? Big things that you saw that made you reconsider some teams? We know Century went into Preston and did not win. Yeah, and that was kind of par for the course, unfortunately, for, for Century this year. After they, you know, came from behind and beat Pocatello here uh, two Saturdays ago, I asked their coach, you know, what what do you think of your team? And he said, well, we need to learn how to play a full game because right now we only play one or two quarters really well and the rest of the game we don't play well. Seems like that was the case again at Preston. Um, what, they were up 26 to 14 or Twenty six to seven or something like that, but but anyway, yeah, it's kind of a Preston was right because Century had to come back at the end, or was Century up? I think Century was ahead and Preston okay. came back. I, I think um, either way, yeah, that's kind of a theme with Century is that they have one or two good quarters and the rest of the time they don't play very well. Um, I don't think their defense is very good. I don't think they run the ball very well. So those are two pretty big issues that. They have to get corrected. Uh, Snake River went on the road and lost by two points to Gooding, I want to say. That's, you know, Snake River keeps on showing that they're a legit uh, threat in, in 3A. Um, what else do we have? Uh, Bear Lake went on the road and beat Aberdeen 21 uh, nothing. Aberdeen was a team that we were looking at early in the year and like, you know, hey, maybe they'll win their district. Maybe they'll go deep in the state playoffs. And at this point, they're 1-3 um, with a win over American Falls, and then three pretty one-sided losses. So Aberdeen's struggling. Bear Lake's defense, however, is really good. Um, I, they ha- I, I want to say they haven't allowed more than 14 points in any of their four games this year. So they are truly uh, a legitimate defense. And whenever they – I don't know when they play West Side. It might be in two weeks, but that should be a really good game. That is a legitimate 2-0 score. Oh, we got, that a, lot one, of, we got a lot of those on the docket. That one, that one could be 2-0, both – Really good defenses. I think games like that yeah. are fun, but yeah. your, your mileage may vary. Yeah, both uh, both teams run the ball a lot, so that could be fun. But, yeah, that's that's kind of just a quick rundown for me today. All right, Madison, I think that's everything we need to get to is a football-heavy edition 
of the Idaho State Journal Sports Podcast, but, you know, it's football season, so that's what we're going to talk about. Um, everybody, thanks for listening. Like I said, I'll have uh, Idaho State-Portland State preview coverage in the Idaho State Journal all week. Um, we'll get stuff up on the website. I'll have a game day feature coming up for Saturday, so look out for that. Madison, anything else? Thanks for stopping by. See you next week.